the nature of God. How many steps in the 12 steps does the word God appear? Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It doesn't actually mention God. Step three, turn our lives over to the care of God. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature. Step six, we're ready to have God remove these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him, God, to remove our shortcomings. And then 11, uh, conscious contact with God as we understood God. So it's a pretty God-centered program, really, as we understand God. I thought it would be interesting to look at what God means. What does this word God mean? And how does meditation as an experience tell us about this idea of God? One of the definitions of God by Nicholas of Cusa, 16th century, was God is the reconciliation of opposites. Let's just try to see how that might be experienced in life. Say through the opposites of losing and finding. Nothing could be more opposite than that. There's a sequence of parables, descriptive stories that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Luke, which are all about losing and finding. He was stimulated to give these by the disapproval that he found in the Pharisees and the lawyers who condemned him for spending too much time with sinners. Jesus was supposed to be this spiritual teacher, this rabbi, and why was he hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners and all these people who were ritually impure and not kosher and just not, not respectable? He was attacked for that, and his response to it was these three stories. There is a shepherd, he has a hundred sheep. He loses one sheep. He leaves the 99 and goes in search of the one lost sheep. And when he finds the sheep, he puts it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and comes back. He goes home to call his friends and neighbors together. Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, Jesus says, there will be greater joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. That's a lot of paradox in there. It seems to capture something of the spirit of the AA fellowship, the commitment to the individual. The second image is a woman has ten silver coins and she loses one of them. She lights a lamp. She sweeps out the house and looks in every corner until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found a coin that I lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then the third story, which is the prodigal son. So these are three parables, and Jesus taught mainly by parables, because parables have to be interpreted. He didn't give rules and regulations and do this and don't do that. Uh, he told stories, and the purpose of the stories um, is to raise our consciousness. So that's why parables are an ideal form of instruction, because each of us has to interpret that's, these stories. 
let's just look at this theme of losing and finding, this paradox, these two opposites. He takes this very common universal human experience of loss and uses it to say something about God. The experience of loss has something in common. There's anger, confusion, I don't know what to do. There's pain, you know, this is something precious, important, valuable, ache and pain, loss, absence. Whether that is an object or a person or, an, or a, a sense of direction in life, in, in a sense of uh, losing your way, as you say. Loss is a very powerful human experience, and nobody gets very far in life without coming into it. We all experience loss. Maybe it's loss of our hopes, or loss of our health, or loss of our youth, or loss of our partner, or loss of our relationship, or whatever it is, or loss of money, or status, or all sorts of things we can lose. And then the finding. In these stories, loss is followed of going out looking for it. And what characterizes this experience of finding is joy. I think this is important for the AA spirituality because in the addiction there is a very deep experience of loss. Self-worth, self-respect, freedom, wholeness, friendships, marriages, money, my soul and consciousness. There's a very major experience of loss in this addiction and it's an experience of loss that touches your material, financial, social, psychological and your deepest ontological or spiritual identity. You can say in a real sense you are losing yourself. Loss is touching every aspect of yourself. Now in recovery when you find the program and you find this path what are you finding? You're finding those things that you have lost before, I imagine. We're getting back a sense of self-worth, probably getting back into a, a balanced life with a job and some normality and responsibility and, and reciprocity and relationships and so on. Life is coming back. Those aspects of oneself that seem to be lost forever are now somehow being restored. They're being found again. And what characterizes that finding of self? I think it's joy. And it's a joy, maybe, that was not there before. In the losing and the finding, the third element, which is the transcendent element, which I would say is the God bit, is the joy. Because that wasn't there before. So there is a breakthrough through the experience of loss. If you go right into it, then you break through into something on the other side. And that on the other side is God. God is always more, God is always beyond.